Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Control Alt Azure. I'm Tobias, and I'm back with UC. What's up? Hey, Tobias. Quite a bit of travel for me in the past couple of weeks. I spent some time in Amsterdam for the ESPC 23 conference, and obviously the hotel I was staying in, which was close to the venue, advertised they have a gym with a view. And let's just say it wasn't enough for me. So I went out searching and found a fairly awesome gym, which was nearby. I go in and and ask, so how much is a day pass? Because typically they try to sell you a subscription, but I'm only visiting, so I just want the day pass. And they go, yeah, that's going to cost you in this sort of very Dutch way that it's going to cost you a lot. I do ask how much and they go, yeah, it's going to be 10 euros. And usually I'm expecting <laughs> something like 20, 35 euros for drop-ins. And it was great. I go back two days later and say, well, it was awesome. So I want to come back here. Was it 10 euros? They go, no, no, today it's free for you. And this is very un-Dutch to me, but I do love the Dutch people and it was a great gym. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so I, I haven't gone to a gym. So on my end, uh, we managed to get COVID-19 in the house. Uh, despite all the precautions that we've taken. So I've lost all my smell and taste. So let's hope that's temporary. That said, my tasting good content never rests. So I've been reading up quite a bit on various AI initiatives. I've been playing around with those, uh, taking a look at many of the co-pilots. So that'll come in handy with today's episode, I think. Sounds good. I'm I'm happy that we are doing this remotely right now because I, I still remember maybe... 200 episodes ago, we had this great idea that, yeah, I will fly to Malmö to Sweden. Let's record eight episodes in a row, have some red wine and pasta and enjoy life. <laughs> and this is just too convenient. But I I still have the idea in my head that one day, one day we'll spend a weekend together and record all the episodes we can. <laughs> Alrighty, today, exploring AI and co-pilot for Azure. And we've had a couple of episodes on different generative AI capabilities like Azure OpenAI and GitHub Copilot for chat and others. And now we are looking at Copilot for Azure. And sort of before we dive into that one, do you know, I saw the statistics for this, do you know how many different Copilot services Microsoft currently has? I, I would guess 50. <laughs> I don't know. Because when I was posed with this question, I thought, well, it's maybe, you know, 12 because you have Windows Copilot and GitHub Copilot for I mean, chat. It, it depends on which angle you want to take. Is it like the umbrella Copilot for an entire service or do you mean every single one for like Power BI Copilot and for this exactly. very specific thing? So if you take all of those, like 40, 50, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, if you take all of those individually and I think in GitHub Copilot, you have GitHub Copilot for Git and for chat and for this and for that. So it adds up quite quickly. 150 was, wow. was, the, was the number I was given. I am still waiting for um, Copilot for Microsoft Paint. I'm, I'm hopeful we'll eventually get there. But everything seems to be about the Copilots. And we've, I think we've, we've sort of tackled this before, but just in case we haven't or you've forgotten everything we've spoken in the past couple of years, co-pilots based on generative AI, the whole idea is that you have some sort of additional data that you use to ground 
the large language model and the GPT capabilities for your use cases. So that sort of is my expectation now with the numerous different co-pilots that it's relatively easy for Microsoft to spin up new co-pilot capabilities because they have the engine running, they have the capabilities. So now it's more about building the interface, adding the data, adding the security boundaries, and you're good to go. So Copilot for Azure, it used to be called Azure Copilot, but they sort of changed the names on some of these. Uh, any thoughts, top of mind thoughts? Because I think we saw this initially at Ignite a few weeks ago. Yeah, and I, I really like this. So that's like an AI assistant for your Azure environment. And it's available now in the Azure portal, I know. I know. Uh, you do need to request an invite. We'll talk a little bit more about that um, in this episode. Uh, some of the things that I recall from the announcement is like this is great for generating like tailored insights to you and your Azure environment specifically. So it's your assistant for your environment, not just a general kind of AI trained on large language models. That is like I know Azure and I can answer Azure questions, but it also takes into consideration what you have in your specific environment in Azure when it gives you answers. So it's trained on a big model. Uh, but it also takes like grounding data from your actual Azure environment. So it can find like personalized solutions for your specific workloads, uh, depending on what you have in your environment, what you have deployed. So think cost optimization, scaling in and scaling out, you know, how many uh, services of type X do I have? All these kind of things that you had to run KQL queries manually for uh, in the past. You can now just ask Copilot and say, hey, you know, what is the current state of this in my Azure environment? And you're going to get a, a result in uh, like native language uh, or natural language that uses the data from your actual current state in your Azure environment. So I think that's pretty cool. And I also like it because it can really help you better understand and discover new cloud functionality as well. So imagine you've deployed a bunch of services, uh, you're running a VM, a SQL server, and something else. Then you can ask, Copilot and say, hey, am I doing this in the best way or could I do it differently? And it's going to analyze what you have and it's going to be able to say, well, actually, you could probably do this. Um, so I, I really, really think that's a, a pretty cool angle as well. Um, it also orchestrates like seamlessly across resources so can optimize processes and resources and workloads with this kind of AI orchestration and analysis. So. Um, you can, for example, ask to scale your nodes in Kubernetes uh, or, or, you know, count the amount of VMs I have or whatever it is that you want to do. Uh, you can kind of orchestrate that as well. Um, and then there's various ways for that to actually happen. So if you say, hey, scale my Kubernetes cluster, this Kubernetes cluster to five nodes, um, it's going to give you the option to do that. Most likely um, in the UI, you get the run button. It says, hey, run this query. When you click run, it actually brings you to the query window saying, hey, this is a KQL query if you want to look something up. In some cases, you'll get a dialogue where it says, hey, do you want to execute this operation? And you get a um, choice saying yes, no, or something else, like reset question or whatever it is. So uh, it's always like that's a guardrail that I know is very good and very convenient because it is acting on resources you have in your environment. You have this guardrail that you don't just say, hey, execute this, and it goes and do it. You say, execute this, and then it says, hey, you asked me to execute this. Is this what you want to do? Yes, no. Um, so that's my top of mind thoughts without going too deep into 
the Azure specific copilot. Um, that's kind of the top of mind using a lot of knowledge on Azure. It has all the learned material, like the documentation for all the products and all the services and all that stuff, all the cloud architecture stuff built in. Uh, and it understands what you have in your specific tenant, which is awesome as well. So it's, it's really a clever way to uh, to have a communication or, or an assistant uh, when you work with uh, cloud architectures, cloud security, operations, all these things. What's top of mind for you for, for this? So, so for me, I'm quite aligned with your thinking here. And I did see the, the fancy video-based demos from Microsoft for this. Oh, this looks awesome. But I've also learned in, in the past year, learned to expect that the initial demos that you're seeing might not be the same that you're eventually getting with the first incarnation of a service. I feel the same is true here. So Copilot for Azure, I feel it's super useful, but it's perhaps super useful for specific use cases. So for me, KQL, if, if I need to do a fairly complex query, perhaps I'm trying to research for something. Yeah, I need to get this and this, and how do I get that information? I tend to use VS Code and GitHub Copilot for chat because it's so fast and it sort of allows us this, this free flow thinking of going back and forth with the information. And Copilot for Azure is more limited for now, at least in the, uh, in the limited public preview that's available now. What I mean by this is that the, the length of the question that you can ask Copilot for Azure is 500 characters. So you really cannot sort of go what you would do traditionally with LLMs that let me ground everything for you. Let, give, let me give you lengthy instructions what I'm expecting to get. Then hopefully I'll get exactly the information that I was hoping to get. No, no, this is more about doing ad hoc queries. How many VMs do I have? Do I have storage accounts that are open to the public internet with anonymous access? You do these sort of things with Copilot for Azure. And as you said, spin this up, turn this on, delete this. Obviously it doesn't delete anything. It will tell you how to delete it, but then it's up to you to actually confirm that deletion and, and execute any delete statements. So I find that it's useful, yes. But it's a bit like Windows Copilot, if you've had a chance to use this with Windows 11 now, is that it gives you stuff you can use, but if you're already an advanced user of Windows, or in this case for Azure, you don't need to ask questions like, how many VMs do I have? It takes you 500 milliseconds to get to that information on the portal or using PowerShell or Bash or KQL. But what it can do, it can merge and combine data. One of the limitations I did find with this is that in my test environment, I think I have six different Azure subscriptions under one Entry-ID tenant. And at times, some of the responses I'm getting are happy with those six or seven subscriptions. And on other times, it tells me, oh, you wanted to see which VMs are running Linux. Well, I don't see any VMs because I'm looking at this specific subscription. So depending a bit on how you formulate your question, it's, it tries to sort of figure out, do you want everything or do you just want to focus on something individual? And it requires a bit of patience to eventually to get there. Yeah, and I, I like this. 
it's good that you shared the information about the uh, like uh, how much well how many tokens really that you're allowed to use from using this in the portal uh, and how many characters you can use because that was one of my initial ideas was hey actually we have a long list here here's a huge use case of what we need to do in azure we need to deploy a very complex architecture it has a, a long list of requirements and there's a long list of dependencies and there's a long list of uh, you know reasoning and how things are supposed to work together what if we use that as grounding data and just say hey here's our actual here's an order or a requirement or a request for proposal you know whatever that we're getting from um, from a vendor or if we're the vendor you know you have a, a paper saying this is what we want in Azure what if you could just paste that in and say hey Azure how would you recommend doing that but it's not that elaborate today um, you could of course use ChatGPT or Azure OpenAI to to ask those questions still um, but it's a it's a good point with the limitation on the amount of words you can use in a query um, which I think I agree with the way I position this, the way I frame this in my mind is that this is my assistant. This is my personal assistant for Azure. So whenever I need to ask questions, whenever I need to do things, it's awesome. And like you say, you can count the nodes or the, the amount of VMs or whatever it is you want to do. You can do that quickly in PowerShell or Bash or KQL in, the, in Azure. But what I really like about this is you can really build complex things and say, hey, I want to count the amount of uh, VMs. I want to group them by this, and I want to do a summarization like that, and I want to visualize it like this. You can just use natural language and say, explain, this is what I want to do, and I want to put that on a dashboard. It's going to say, well, this is the KQL query that you should use. Then you can just uh, make use of that query and put that on your on your dashboard or on a workbook or whatever it is. So you can now really elaborately build complex kind of visualizations and insights and queries based on your needs and you can just tell it like here's my requirement this is what i need as a decision maker i need insights on these things like the service health and this and that and this and that it's just going to give you the kql for that you might have to adjust something depending on your requirements of course but that's how i see it this is my personal assistant to get things done more efficiently and quicker so it's it's perfect uh, for for these cases that i have currently Precisely. And besides the 500 characters, you have a limitation of 10 questions per one session. And what I mean by one session is that you can build on the historical data already part of that chat session with, with Copilot for Azure. Once you're up to 10, you have to refresh and start anew, meaning that it loses the memory of that previous discussion in that context. And this is something that I really, really use with GitHub Copilot for chat. So I have lengthy code. I go back and forth for hours on that. And I have the full memory on that one. But obviously, I am paying, what, $10 a month for that. And I feel it's super affordable. For Copilot for Azure, it's more limited for now in the public preview. And I think in the future, it will expand. One, one of the things that I hope it will evolve into is something that I frequently miss. I click around in Azure portal. I'm, I'm hunting or finding something, trying to figure out something. I would hope I would have a Copilot capability that was continuously monitoring what I'm doing. And if I click on a virtual machine, then I go to network, then I go to NSGs, then I go to a rule, then I edit the rule. 
I'd like the Copilot to generate those same tasks that I'm clicking around for in Azure CLI, for example, or KQL. So whenever I'm doing something as ClickOps, it would already generate a script for those exact activities. And I know I could use something else for building it myself, but would it be nice to have that neatly integrated within the portal since we now have the capability for doing it? Yeah, I think that makes sense. So looking at like what it can do and what it can access, uh, we talked a little bit about what it can do. You can look up information, you can look up uh, documentation and mix that with uh, kind of the insights from your own environment. Uh, what I, I really want to explore is like, what can it access? How does it access things? Uh, and as far as I understand this, because this is an important topic, it's always acting on the behalf of the user because this is happening in the browser. If you're signed in as a global admin, it's going to have, you know, the permissions to read everything that you can access. Um, so it, it will access whatever permissions that you have. And I think that's important because otherwise, you know, a, a read only user with a limited access to resources could potentially have access to things outside of their access grants. And that could be abused quite easily, perhaps. Uh, so I think that's something to, uh, to just keep in mind. That uh, that's how I understand it works uh, with access. That it's using on behalf. It's your user context. It's really executing uh, on behalf of your user that you're signed in with when you're having this conversation. So I think that's that's important because I I did have that question the other day where someone said, well, if Copilot has access to all my data, what stops it from a read-only user with only access to a single user uh, resource group to go in and say, hey? show me all the resources that exist in this subscription and do this and do that. So I think that's just important to clarify. Um, but like looking at the different areas that it supports right now, because uh, we said, hey, it can uh, access your Azure environments and it can you know, access, access different things. What are the like different things that it can do more specifically? We just want to dive into a couple of these things. Yeah, so there's plenty that it does support, but perhaps do not go into the preview with the mindset of that it, it can do anything, it's, it's AI. There's fairly restricted or there's a fairly visible guardrail in everything that you do with Copilot for Azure. So three main areas, it can give you information about your Azure environment. It can work with a select subset of Azure services and it can optimize your scripts and code. And if we start with the Azure environment, you can you can ask about stuff. Show me X, show me all virtual machines that are running, show me all Cosmos DB databases running in West Europe. Stuff like this you can easily do. There's elements in this such as optimizing cost. So you can query on cost, uh, how much was my cost for this web app and this function in the past 30 days. And you're obviously getting that. You you could go to cost management and, and pull it out yourself, but now you're sort of getting the shortcut to the exact data if you already have a question you'd like to ask. So Azure environment, basic stuff on that one, then the Azure services, and then a bit of code. And for code, I'd, I'd say GitHub Copilot for Chat gives me more in terms of code because I can actually run those immediately. For this, it's generating scripts, so Bash and PowerShell and KQL queries. 
And since the window of context is very limited, you're not going to get five pages of bash scripts to run. You get one liners or two liners, and then it's up to you to figure out what do I want to do with this. Yeah, and I, I really like the uh, like the the focus here on a few different things. Like you mentioned here, it, it has really three areas. Understanding your Azure environment, work smarter with Azure services, and write an optimized code, which it can do. What I really like about the Azure services one, uh, or the Azure environment one is understanding service health events and statuses, because that's something that I, uh, when I was operating uh, in our distributed uh, systems in the cloud in, in a previous job, that was something that we had to keep tabs of all the time and we had to kind of build dashboards we had to build alerts we have to build kind of systems and, and guardrails around the actual service outages sometimes storage accounts in west europe were all inaccessible or the rbac controls didn't work for you know even if it was 20 minutes you know there was random things happening or aad didn't work for half an hour or for four hours you know on one given day Whenever that happens, we would get a ton of service requests from customers saying, hey, I can't send into your solution, but actually it wasn't our solution that was the problem in that case. It was actually the service, the underlying service. So I really like this, that you can say to Copilot, uh, you know, am I being impacted by this? Is our services, is any of the things we're operating right now impacted by any service outages uh, right now? And like, can you tell me more about this tracking ID and you paste the ID in? Uh, or is the event with this tracking ID still active? Is that still a problem or did you figure it out? Have you mitigated that? Um, or, or is there any outage impacting me? Which is, you know, that's something we had to do in the past. We had to set up all the guardrails. We had to figure this out and really stay on top of it. Now you can say, if you do get a service request, obviously you need to be proactive if you're operating a system that, that I was operating. But you can also go in and say, if you're troubleshooting or just to be proactive, say, is there any outage happening right now with any service for Azure that is impacting anything that I have? And then it will know that, well, you actually have storage accounts in West Europe, and we see that you have two VMs that are also in West Europe, and right now we have issues with you know one of those services, and it's gonna tell you that. So I, I really like that. Uh, again, coming back to what I mentioned, that I see this as my personal assistant. I don't see it as a, you know, a, a magical unicorn that comes in and you just, fixes everything uh, you know and, and waves a magic wand but it's enabling me to do things a lot easier a lot smarter a lot quicker especially if you're an experienced user and, and you know what you're looking for it's going to help you achieve a lot of those things a lot quicker and and that's my experience with the things i've tried out uh, especially around this like hey am i being impacted by ongoing events uh, is there something that i need to uh, take a look at or figure out uh, because I'm running these type of services and there's an outage going on or, or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I really think that's um, that's how I see it. Like my personal assistant, it will generate the scripts for me if I need scripts. It's going to generate some code if I need that. Um, it's going to tell me how to access the endpoints or the REST APIs or whatever it is, or it's going to give me the KQL to look up specific things. And I really like the integration there in the browser when you say, hey, show me a list of all the storage accounts with this and that and you know whatever it is kind of variables you want and it gives you the option to click the run button and then it takes you to the azure resource graph explorer paste that query in and you can just execute it, and you're going to get the result 
from there, I can say, hey, actually add this to my workbook or add this to a dashboard. So I had this view and available whenever I needed to. So that's how I use it. It's super, super convenient. It's really helpful. And it's like, hey, Copilot, where have you been all my life? So I am happy uh, to see these things. Glad to hear this. And if you're now wondering, so how do I access this one? First, when you have access to the public preview, you will get a new button in Azure portal next to Cloud Shell on the left-hand side. The button will say Copilot, and it has the fancy little logo. Uh, and this is per tenant. It's not per subscription. So all of the subscriptions within a given tenant will then get access to Copilot for Azure. And to get real access, you have to sign up. There's a forms link. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes. And this is a limited public preview. So you have to fill out the form. And I, I think it's fairly limited right now, but I'm feeling hopeful it will expand in the coming weeks and months. So definitely go and fill out the form. You're going to be needing your tenant ID, the GUID for your tenants and your, your work account and everything else. And once you get access, you get an email and then it lights up immediately in Azure portal for you. Yeah, I really like that. And um, I, I think they also announced that they have a limit on this because they are committed to responsible AI and it's currently limited access and use of Microsoft Copilot for Azure for that reason that they're making sure that this happens securely and reliably at scale um, as opposed to just enable this for everyone and then, you know, uh, whatever risks come with that. So I think it's a, it's a smart move. Looking forward to this hitting GA where everyone can access it. But more importantly, do we know anything about the pricing for this? Because I know that's one of your favorite topics. It's a favorite topic of mine. And for now, it is free of charge. Once you're in the uh, limited preview, no cost associated. So for some of the major Copilot services like Microsoft 365 Copilot and Security Copilot, I do know there's been a price tag for the private preview. But for this one, it is free of charge. So no additional cost of using it. That also explains why it's a bit more rate limited. When I'm using it, I can sense the Azure OpenAI instance that Microsoft is managing for this service. I can sense the rate limit limiter slider has been pulled all the way to the left to really limit this. <laughs> it's, it's not slow but it's not as fast as what I can get out from GPT-4 directly with Azure OpenAI. So obviously there's some inferencing happening in between and that's rate limited a little bit. So you have to be patient when you're using this, but you're getting there. So free of charge for now, we will be getting the actual pricing, I think by, by general availability. If I had to guess, it would be per user, because you will have a limited amount of users using this. Perhaps your admins and developers are going to be needing this. So probably per user, how much? I really don't know. What would be the value for me? I'd say $10, $15 a month per admin maybe. That would roughly be aligned with GitHub Copilot for chat. As, as well as for ChatGPT, I think that's 10 or is it $20 a month? So around that time would be my expectation. But let's see in a couple of months from now, hopefully when we get the GA, 
how it will turn out. Yeah, makes sense. Alrighty, the last bit, the unexpected question. I will be asking you the unexpected question. Are you ready? All right, let's go. Alrighty, there's an old saying, or at least there has been an old saying when I was young, that we really do not know what work our kids will eventually do when they grow older and start working relating to how fast technology progresses. So in 25 years from now, what would be an interesting profession for somebody entering the workforce? <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm gonna fly on some random wings on that one. If we haven't reached Mars in 25 years, then imagine being a galactic VR adventure architect where you kind of craft wild interstellar virtual experiences, uh, blending like alien words with, uh, you know, space adventures, all obviously from the comfort from Earth. So a wild mix of astrophysics, fantasy and cutting edge VR technology. And in 25 years, VR is going to be nothing like the VR we have today, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So if VR is still a thing in 25 years, which I suppose it will be, um, there's going to be all kinds of new developments on how that works and all the senses and how you're connected to VR and all these things. So I, I think a, a job role in 25 years is going to be a galactic VR adventure architect building wild, exotic, crazy space adventures. That's what I think. I will make a mental note of this. So 25 <laughs> years from now, that is about the time I'm planning to retire, perhaps not fully, but partially from all this IT IT adventures. So let's revisit maybe on episode 9,757 around 2045 to see how your prediction went right or wrong. Alrighty, uh, make sure to check the show notes. We have the link for the registration or application form for Copilot for Azure. Also the links for the actual documentation where you can see some, some samples and use cases for this. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. All right. See you then. <laughs>